0: I love you. I love you. But enough about me. As much as I appreciate the attention, we're just going to get started. We're going to dig deep into the scriptures today. And so if you're just joining us, um, last week we started a brand new series about what's next here at Community Life. And, and like Pastor Dan said, there has been a rich history of faith here for the past 75 years. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about what is to come and what's coming next. And, and so in it, week one in this series called Foundations, week one we've talked about how God is building a home how God is building his his church. And, And initially, God used the apostles and the prophets and all of the heroes in the scripture, all those cool characters you had on the flannel graph in Sunday school. You know what I'm talking about? God used them initially, but now God is choosing to use us. God is choosing to use all of us, regardless of where we've been or what we've seen, regardless of what we know or what we don't. God is fitting us, All of us, with all of us, brick by brick on this foundation of faith. Faith in Jesus, who who, who is holding it all together as the cornerstone. And this is our base. This is our bedrock, as the scripture said earlier. This is the reality that we now occupy as God's people. And it is really, really good news. Amen? Amen? Amen. That the creator of the universe, listen the sustainer of all things. He loves us. He loves loving us so much that he invites us. He invites us to help him build something better. God wants to use our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly. He wants to use it all brick by brick to form this new foundation of faith where the lost can be found and the found can be free. And it is totally amazing. And it is so counterculture, this new normal that we have been brought into. You know where the world might see you? Because the world sees you. But the world might see you uh, as a risk. They say that you aren't a safe bet. But God, when God looks at you, oh man, when God looks at you, every part of you, he only sees opportunity. He only sees opportunity because you are his prize. You are his number one, first pick, always and forever. And he, he wants to literally build the future with your life. He does. And this is what's possible for you and for me. This can be your story. It's available even now because of Jesus, because of the cross, and because of the empty grave. But, but once you accept it, right, once you step into this new life, once you step onto this new foundation, this brave new world of faith, it has to change everything about you. It has to change everything and and, and everything that comes next because there are no alternate foundations for God's people. There are no hidden backup plans or basements with compartments. You are either building your life on Jesus or you are building your life on yourself. There is no bridge in between. There is no escrow with a list of contingencies. There is no 30-day free trial. No, it's faith or it's not full stop. It's faith or it's not, which is where we left off last week with this moment, right? This, this moment of recognition that even through all the encouragement, there was this moment of recognition that, that if we are going to be God's people, if we are going to be the church, then we better act like it. That we better act like it. Our action must reflect our confession that Jesus is Lord yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is Lord of all things, all the time, from the inside out. And there is nothing... Off limits or exempt from his reign over our lives. There's nothing. This was week one. It was a softball, right? Week one, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Jesus is Lord. But as we begin to recognize this, I think the question that comes up in all of our minds is, is, is where will this take us? Where will this new life of faith take us? Where will obedience to Jesus bring us next as we as we. Think practically about surrendering our story and everything we are, you know, laying everything down on the altar before God, like we just sang in that song, I will build my life upon his love. What good is it to gain the whole world but lose your soul? God, everything for your glory. As we start to step into this, I think the question just keeps coming back of where will it take us? Where will we go? Or maybe better said, who will we become? Who will this church become? as we begin to build something better, in Jesus' name. Well, that's where we're going to be hanging out for the next couple weeks, as we take a closer look at this culture that God is calling us into, the attitudes, the practices, and the foundations that will be formed as we start to reflect the one that we call Lord, the one that we choose to follow. And so, so all that said, as, as we dig in today, um, you know, the first priority that we find and the first destination that we'll reach as we choose to follow Jesus together, I believe, is a life of honor. It's a life of honor towards God and towards one another. And, and honor, I mean, we just experienced it here now, but, but honor is a really interesting concept, concept in our world today. One that I imagine feels pretty foreign and maybe a little confusing. So just as we get started, we're talking about honor. Let me, let me lay a, a groundwork here, um, just to, to get us all on the same page of d- definitions. And so, listen, when I say honor... Or that God is leading us to a life of honor. What I mean is that God is leading us to a life of recognition of dignity, an identity that's independent of circumstances. It's a recognition of identity and dignity independent of circumstance. And this philosophy, I think in theory, like we 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 might acknowledge that it's true, and and you know, but in practical day-to-day, man, there, there seems to be this disconnect for any number of reasons. I mean, if you turn on the news, right, like, our world is as polarized as it's ever been. Like, everywhere you look, we see bitterness and resentment where the standard is actually dishonor. It's dishonor with politics and marketing and preferences and relationships and really everything we see. When we look around at the world that God so loves, everything we see right now seems to be built on a bedrock of skepticism and shame, scandal, and... And even humiliation that's somehow masked in this, this veil of realism. Which forms this fragile foundation for the world of dishonor. It's, a, it's a, cult, a culture of contempt. That, left unchecked, it has the power to creep and sprawl far beyond the, the, the unbelief and into our now... Uh, home or, or our home country of faith. It, it can make its way out of, in, uh, of unbelief and into, into faith. And, and I don't mean to project or assume anything about you. I just know from my own life how incredibly good Christians can be at dishonoring God and at dishonoring others. We've got a gift. I mean, we give the unbelieving world a run for its money, but what's worse is, and even more tragic is that, is that we'll use our faith And we'll use our faith as a justification not just to withhold honor, but to actually blatantly disrespect people. And we use excuses like, I'm just speaking the truth. Just just speaking the truth. But listen, we should know better. And the reality is we do know better. And so we must be better. And this is why I think God is leading us as this church to this first foundation of faith. Because regardless of how you feel about it, And I know that all of us have had different experiences with honor, or maybe a lack thereof, or someone who's abused their status. But regardless of your personal feelings about it, honor flows constant from the heart of God. It is a culture of heaven and a core of the gospel, and from cover to cover we see it. You open your Bible and you see it. Even, we even heard it just a moment ago from Philippians 4, right? Where, where Paul says, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable. Fix your thoughts on honor. This is what God commands us to do and also to be. Honor. But why? Why does God care so much about it? And even more, I would say, what does it mean for us to actually do this? What does it look like as we step into this new way? This new life of honor, this new culture, this new life of honor. Well, let's find out. So if you have your Bibles, follow me quickly to the book of Romans, chapter 12. Chapter 12, as we hear God call us into this new thing, to his culture of honor for all without exception. And listen, this passage in Romans chapter 12, I need you to get used to it. I need you to to read it and then reread it and then reread it and then start doing it because it is quite literally the roadmap for the future of this church. Romans 12 is where God is leading us next. And and it starts with the Apostle Paul. He's building on what we heard um, in our scripture readers earlier today and also what we heard Jesus say last week, that if you want to be with me, if you want to be my people, you must surrender your old way, pick up your cross, and follow me because this, Romans 12, is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. And he says this, starting in verse 9. He says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Verse 10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in, what does that say? Honoring each other. Good. Another translation says it like this. Verse 10, it says, outdo one another in showing honor. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying when God's people are in need. Be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. And can you believe that? Man, can you believe that? One more time. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Verse 16, we're getting to the end. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Don't, don't think you know it all. I'm looking at a mirror. Never pay back evil with more evil. Instead, do, do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live at peace. With everyone. This is Romans 12. So, what do we hear? What do we hear? What does this say about God and what does this mean and require for us? Well, there's four quick things, and and I actually think it's a a bit of a progression. So, it starts with one and leads us all the way to four that that it it just highlights from the text that I think will help us build a foundation of honor here at Community Life. And so, there's four steps forward, and if you're taking notes, write these down, it'll be on the screen. That honor starts by assuming value. Honor assumes value. Second step, honor gives respect. Honor gives respect. Third, honor creates equity, and honor practices hospitality. One more time. Honor assumes value. It gives respect. It creates equity, and it practices hospitality. And this is the progression that God is leading us down. This is the progression. Start from the top. Honor assumes value. And this first step, it actually answers this kind of looming question to why God cares so much about it. Because from the very, very beginning, page one of your Bibles, Genesis chapter one, God does something absolutely and totally unfair. And he thus reveals his priority for honor through the creation story. And he does this by speaking value. Speaking value into human beings, into humanity, by creating them in his image. In his image, even before Adam and Eve did anything, good or bad, God had decided in advance. God had spoken already that they were valuable because they were made to be like him. They were formed with worth and dignity that was independent of anything that they could bring to the table, anything that they could accomplish, but also anything that they could destroy. And it's that same identity The fancy seminary word for it is imago Dei, image of God. It is that same image of God that is also true of you and me and all of humanity without exception. Listen, God made us. God made you valuable. And so you have value. Because God decides what's true. God decides what's true. And this is the first step into our culture of honor as a church. It's the assumption that no matter who God puts in, in front of you, whether it's a mirror, or whether it's the person in front of you at, at Starbucks or at school or at work or on the 210, it doesn't even matter, regardless of who they are, their background, their faith, their views on marriage or gender, regardless of, of who they vote for, their views of military, their color, their skin, their country of origin, it doesn't even matter, regardless of how you might feel around them, if you feel comfortable or uncomfortable, it does not matter. Our assumption must be that they have value. Because God says they matter. Page one. You don't have to look far. God says they matter. This is where our honor begins. Step one. With a deep belief that everyone is valuable to God, so they must be valuable to us. And this assumption, it must in turn become our reaction, which leads to step two, second step of this progression, that honor, it not only internally assumes value about someone, it actually externally gives respect to everyone. That honor not only assumes value, it it actually gives respect. And again, independent of situation or circumstance, in response to what we believe to be true from God, our honor gives respect to show that we agree with what God says about the world. It's not just a theory we believe but an active alignment. Honor. It's an active alignment of our lives with God's heart. It gives respect. And this is where it can get a little tricky. This is where it gets a little tricky, and I think why a lot of Christians have a hard time with this, because it can seem that when we respect someone, that we're also respecting their decisions. It can seem that where we assume value in someone, it means that we're endorsing them or signing off on their lifestyle. And so we just don't do anything. But in the process, even if it's with good intentions, right? Because we want to stay close to God and we want to flee from the world and we we want to stay holy, set apart, like Pastor Manny was saying last week. In the process, we often create the other. We create us and them. We create us who God loves and them who God doesn't love until they look more like us. But hear me when I say, and I I need this to be just absolutely crystal clear, that there is no action or decision, there is no mistake, there is no failure or even success, there is nothing that will ever change the value that God speaks over you. There's nothing that that will ever change the value that God speaks over all of humanity. Nothing. So whether someone looks like a soccer mom or a senior citizen or a perfect angel or or the chief of all sinners, respect for their life. Respect for their soul, for their heart, for their eternity, for their day-to-day. Respect for them is what God expects from us. Respect for them at the core of who they are. Is what God expects from us. And I think this is what Paul was getting at in verse 9, chapter 12. When he says, don't just pretend to love others. Don't just talk about it. Don't keep it abstract. Don't keep it safe, like locked away in this little compartment. No, really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring. Listen, our honor, ha- our, our, honor our respect, it has to cross the line from theory to action has to cross that line. Don't pretend to love people. Really love them. See what God sees in them. Yeah, hate what's wrong. No doubt. But don't get stuck there. I have known so many Christians that get stuck hating what is wrong but never clinging to what is good. And they just get trapped in the past. In the shackles of their own life. And God freed them. And there's so much more for us than that. So you have to hold tightly to what is good. You have to run to what is good and outdo one another in showing respect. Outdo one another. But what does this look like? What is what is this actually, what is respect that surpasses circumstances and situations actually look like? Because, because yeah, this is God's heart. This is who God is and, and how God lived and how and how he walked among us. This is where he's leading. But this expectation, man, it is so absolutely counterculture. It is so foreign to honor those undeserving our, of our respect. So how does this play out? How, how, do, we, how do we step into this? Because, even, again, we, even if we know it, we know it, we got it, but how do we do it? Well, that's where steps three and four come in, and they're kind of two sides to the same coin. So building on value, building on respect, honor in Jesus' name, it creates equity, and it practices hospitality. Here's what I mean. Honor creates equity, a a common table for everyone to sit. And and it practices hospitality with open doors for anyone. So a common table for everyone and open doors for anyone. This is what honor does. Starting with equity, breaking it down. Paul says it like this, verse 16. He says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil for more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone, and if you're you're taking notes, if you're in your Bible following along, somebody underline everyone. Because I need you to understand that everyone means everyone. That everyone would see that you're living in such a way that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace. Again, with everyone. And this right here, this is an example, I think just a perfect example, we look back to Jesus again for what to do. Because he was always committing his time. Jesus was always committing his time creating a common table for the ordinary world to gather. He was always drawing people together, misfits and leftovers, uh, next to religious and the established, next to the wealthy and the poor. This was his church from the very, very beginning, this was his church, and, and, the, and at that table he sat, regardless of background or status, he, he always assumed value. He always spoke love, and he always treated them with respect, and he was always inviting them, just like he's always invited us, you and me, out of our past and into a better way. I love what Pastor Manny said earlier, that, that our God doesn't expect us to get everything together, then show up to church, Right? He invites us to the table so we might see what life is really meant to be. And this is what honor does. It doesn't just give everyone an equal opportunity because what I might need to know and believe and be saved might be different than what you need. I mean, the cross has the final word, but what you need to wake up to, it might be different than me. What you need to understand it might be different than me. Maybe you didn't grow up in the church. Maybe you did. We're all coming from different places. And so honor, it doesn't just give everyone an equal opportunity, but instead it gives everyone a common starting place. A common starting place. Honor gives us what we need to build a life on a new foundation of faith. And it does this. It does this. And this is point four. Real quick. It does this by practicing hospitality with open doors for anyone. Check it out, verse 11. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. And this is it. And always be eager to practice hospitality. And what's so cool about this verse is, is we bring it back to the original language, this is Greek. And uh, this word hospitality, it actually comes from two different words. It comes from, and I'm, and I'm going to butcher this because I'm from the Midwest and I, and I don't know how to say ancient Greek words, but um, the word phylos and xenos, phylos and xenos, phylos it means friend and xenos means stranger. And so the word is phyloxena and it means friend of stranger. Some of you might have heard this word xenos in a different word, xenophobia, and that means fear of stranger. So what we're seeing here instead is this expectation to practice hospitality. It's to show kindness and friendship to strangers. Philoxena, to receive them as a guest in ways that make sense to them and not just us. And and, and this is why as you're coming in, you see it on the screen, you'll often see welcome home. You'll always hear us saying welcome home because, because in this house that God is building, we don't want anyone to see themselves as an outsider. In this house that God is building, we don't want anyone to see themselves as a visitor just passing through. Now, we want everyone regardless of season, regardless of uh, of doubt, regardless of past, regardless of place or status in life. We want everyone to be feel welcomed as a guest, as family. And again, that's our commitment as a church, our commitment to you, but also our expectation from you, right? That all will be welcomed with honor and dignity and respect and we do this through hospitality. We do this through hospitality reflected in the way that we hold doors. In the coffee that we brew, in the the sermons that we preach and the sermons that we don't. In the songs that we sing and the songs that we don't. In our platform that we use and the platform that we don't. In the way that we care for kids in the way our parking lot looks, in the way that we love the stained glass. We do everything filtered through this practice of hospitality, of welcoming the stranger as a guest so they might come to know life in the family of God. And listen, I, I'm kind of new here, and you know that. I'm like eight weeks, right? I'm already feeling so cal, you know what I'm saying? I'm just feeling so good. ha, ha, ha. That's what I'm saying. We got it. We got it. I know it's only been a short time, but I just want you to know, when it comes to hospitality, I want you to know how impressed I am with you on how you welcome the stranger, on how you open doors wide for anyone. I've had a number of friends coming in over the past eight weeks, a number of friends that have come and darkened these doors and, and, and. And I can just tell you the first thing that they say about this church is how friendly it is, how welcome they feel. So good job. Good job. Come on. Good job. I, I am not like a dad, but like I am so proud of how God has captured your heart for hospitality. I have. Pam, if you're in here, crushing it, okay? Okay. But I need you to know that where we are today is just the beginning. It's just the beginning because God has continues, as God continues to expand our influence and more and more people come to see what's happening here, we, you and me, we will be tempted to expect and make assumptions that aren't right. We will be tempted to expect the lost to already know what it means to be found. We will be tempted to assume that new believers already understand traditional Christian culture. We will be tempted to say things like, this is just how it is, or that's not who we are. We'll be tempted to say, don't wear hats, or don't bring coffee. We'll be tempted to to say that this doesn't feel like Easter before. We'll be tempted to assume that what worked yesterday will suffice for tomorrow. We will. But when we are tempted, because we will, when I am tempted to settle for what's easier, or when I settle for good instead of great. When I am tempted, I need you to remind me of our commitment to honor. And I will do the same for you. We need to remember this expectation for what's next. We need to step into this new way. And listen, I I know this might sound basic. All the Gen Z in the room is like, Dave, you're so basic. What's happening right now? Couple Gen Zers, they know what's going on. I love it. You might be thinking, David, I got it. We need to honor well. Let's get on with it. But, but I just I wanted to start here today for two reasons. For two reasons. First, because I believe that God wants to grow this church. I believe that the best is yet to come for this community, and we've had a good run so far. We've been planting a lot of seeds over the past seventy-five years. We've seen some incredible fruit hit the surface. God has done some absolutely amazing things, but but where God is leading us next, as long as we follow in step, building on this foundation of faith in Jesus, our future here will far exceed anything we could possibly think or imagine. Without a doubt. And we have seen some incredible things, but what will come if we follow in step will far surpass anything we've seen before. And this future this future that awaits it's coming and we need to be ready for it so this is the second reason i wanted to start here today it's because that there is nothing more attractive to an unbelieving world than a believing church actually practicing what it preaches Amen. and there will be nothing more inviting to a world trapped in this culture of contempt than a people of honor who assume value who give respect who create equity and practice hospitality. Because it's in that, in honor that they'll see from our lives, not just our mouths, not just what we talk about on Facebook, but our actual day-to-day living. As we step into this priority of honor, they'll see why the gospel is actually good news. They'll see why things are different, which is ultimately why we're a church in the first place. That's why we're here, so the observing world might know why gospel is good news and, and then come to know the God that calls them valuable. That's why we're here. And this is also where God is leading into a greater reflection of our imago Dei, our image of God through the life of honor. Hmm. That we would value, that we would respect, that we would create equity for all people, and that we would open the doors wide through hospitality for anyone to come and learn what it means to follow Jesus. And so listen, what a gift it is to be this church. What a gift it is to be your pastor. And I'm just so excited for all that is to come as we start to build this new foundation together. But as we close, you know, the band is going to come up and lead us in a time of reflection. So come on up. Can we just thank the team for leading us today? Can you believe it? They hate, um, it's amazing how humble everyone is and it drives me crazy, okay? Because these guys, they are so talented and so gifted but not only that, they've committed their talents. They've committed their gifts. They've committed who they are. They've committed everything about themselves to reflect what God is like through music and we just celebrate that today. We just celebrate that. So thank you, Pastor Manny, for leading us. That's so awesome. So they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna lead us in a time of reflection and response. They're going to reflect through some, some time of meditation and just like silence and prayer and worship and some singing. And then responding, they're going to lead us, lead us in this time of response through offering. And so if this is your church, yeah, we put the offering in a different spot. And, um, and next week it'll be before. But if this is your church, the ushers are going to come down in just a minute to receive your giving. We're grateful for your generosity. 75 years of generosity. And so we're so grateful for that. Keep it up. God will use it. God will multiply it to keep it up. But as we close, as we close, and consider what God has to say about this life of honor, I wonder, again, as, it's, as it really is, this, this counterculture reality that we're living in, I, I just wonder what part of this is most challenging for you. What part God is wanting to grow in you even now? And, and, and maybe it's, it's the step one. Um, maybe it's the step one, this assumption that everyone matters. That everyone matters to God and there's still this thing in you that creates some type of divide between us and, and them. This division that cause, causes differences and you just can't seem to let it go. And, and, and I don't know why. Maybe you still you see yourself as them, as the other that, that is unworthy of this affection from God. Maybe that's it. I, I don't know. I don't know where you've been or what you've done, but but you do. So maybe it's step one. Maybe it's, maybe it's step two, and it's allowing that understanding that, that God loves everyone and wants everyone to know him, that understanding of value. Maybe it's, maybe it's allowing that understanding to affect your actions and to inspire actual respect. I don't know. Maybe your life is, is interrupted by your own schedule. And you're just too busy to create moments of equity and hospitality. I, I can I can promise you that's where I'm at today. This, the past eight weeks have been at a pace that are that are that are that I, I are unsustainable, unsustainable. And and I've heard this phrase, but but it's been so true in my life that when everything is important, nothing's a priority. And when that happens. It's so easy to let dishonor and contempt creep in to your culture. And so maybe that's you today and you're just trying to figure out how to, how to get through life with a schedule and kids and family. and Whatever it is, we've all got something and we will always have something that is pulling us away from honor and back to this toxic culture of comparison. We will always have it. But God wants so much more for, that, for us than that. God wants so much more for you and me. And, and, and honestly, he's calling us right now. He's trying to open our eyes to this even now as we surrender our contempt for his glory. He wants us to build our lives on something better, this foundation of faith. And so as we close, I just want to take a minute and the ushers, you can come down. They'll take, they'll take your offering. They'll receive your offering in just a moment. And we're going to sing and we're going to think. But before we do, I really love for you to just consider where you fall on this, on this spectrum, on this sequence. And I want to pray for you, courage specifically, that to leave the expectations and the skepticism behind. If that means taking Facebook off your phone, then you do it. I want to pray that you would be able to leave reciprocity and disenchantment behind that you'd leave it all behind, you'd lay it on the altar before God today and, and receive maybe for the first time, maybe for the first time, the honor that God has given you through the cross of Jesus, the value, the respect, the equity, the spot at the table and the open door to his family. So I just want to pray for you, courage, and we're going to give. We're going to give generously and, and, and joyfully. We're going to sing. We're going to celebrate. We're going to commit the rest of our time today to the Lord. But, but just as we do, I just want to pray that, that, that God would wake you up today to where you fit on this journey, this, this process, so we might be able to step into this new season on Foundations of Faith together that we might honor well. So let's pray. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the way that you love us. God, we believe that you are real, that you're good, you love us, and you lead to peace. And so in this moment, God, we just, we just surrender that back to you. God, and we thank you. We're so grateful for all that you've done, and we look forward to all that you'll do. So God, open our eyes today. Humble us. God, give us, give us clarity of vision to see where we fit within this progression. God, to see this, the gaps and the holes that exist between us in this life of honor that you're calling us into. Because we don't, God, we're here on purpose. We want to know you. We want to be changed by you. We want to step into your ways and exist on your foundation of faith. And so, God, just open our eyes. God, soften our hearts. Make, make us even more aware of those things, God, that have to go so we can step into this life of honor. God, help us see that all have value. Help us respect well. God, give us us the courage and the ambition to create moments of equity for all people and hospitality for this observing world. And God, we trust this future to you. God, we trust these steps to you. We trust this journey to you as you lead us from here to peace. God, from here to your promises, from here to eternity. But God, this side of heaven, we ask that you would just give us courage to be your church. God, that we would let faith define us and that we'd let your ways be the engine of our lives, the direction of our lives as we find you. So God, it's in your name that we have gathered and it's in your name that we pray. It's in your name that we give now and that we sing. God, wake us up to be a people of honor in this culture of contempt. God, it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And the whole church says, amen, amen.